for lunch. All right. Well, thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to The Maynard Files. I am your host, Josh, the individual who interviews other individuals who are more individual than himself. With me today, I have a very special guest, as all guests are, Mr. William Kenny. William, do you mind if I call you William? Or you can call me Will, whatever you prefer. Will I? I don't know. Oh, that was, that was terrible. Okay, you know what? I feel like I need to re-edit that, but I won't. So we're just going <laughs> to keep... Forward. Yeah, we're just going to keep moving forward with this. So, William, sir, if you would do me the honor and, and the honor of my listeners, why don't you uh, inform us what it is that you're known for out there in the, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, well, I, I don't like to talk about that time I was a mercenary in the Congo, so we'll just, like, edit that, oh that previous part out. That just got really but, good. <laughs> but, uh, what I'm currently known for is I uh, do a lot of acting locally and regionally here, um, for various films, indie films, commercials, and then, uh, I have, like, a voiceover side as well, so I do a lot of audiobook narration and, uh, voiceover for, like, again commercials or films that they need a voiceover, et cetera. So there's that. And then I also moonlight as a salsa dancer. Uh, that community is not quite thriving right now with everything being closed. We're focusing more on the acting side. My God. Can I just tell you how much I love salsa? Go on. I mean, it's like amazing. It's like the greatest thing ever. I know it's, it doesn't have anything to do with salsa dancing and you never understand the disappointment <laughs> that is salsa dancing until you're like excited to go to salsa dancing thinking, right what you're thinking in your like 10 year old mind. And then you get there and you're like, this is not, this is not salsa dancing. This is not what I expected. So the disappointments were definitely all across the board on that one. Um, but that's interesting. So yeah. And that, that is definitely a, um, yeah, that's definitely a, a thing that's not really happening at this joint, at this, at this juncture in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, what, what no, got like, you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please facilitate your, 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 I'm, I'm all ears. Oh no! I thought you were. I thought you had something to add to that. Don't interrupt me when I'm interrupting you. <laughs> That's another rule on my show. Um, no, but I was going to ask you. So, so what came? Uh, what came first in your in your lovely span of all of this stuff that you're doing? Was it the acting? Was it the dancing? What what uh, what got you into where you're at? Yeah. So it was originally the dancing. I uh, I was in college, um, and my degree back then was microbiology. You know, clearly a lot of overlap. With oh, that yeah. Acting. But, they go um, hand in hand, really, really. They, they truly do. But um, the uh, situation was that by senior year or junior year, I was just really burned out, and I needed a little bit of an escape. So I'd heard that ASU, where I was going at the time, offered uh, salsa classes and electives. And even though I didn't need any more electives, I decided to take some electives. And we... Uh, we went from there. I took salsa one and salsa two. And the funny part is that I don't I don't work in the field of microbiology or healthcare anymore. But I still I still dance. I still pay attention to that and performance stuff. So in reality, that was probably the most useful class uh, for uh, my college career. You know, forget calculus. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so when you, but when you, when you chose it as an elective, was it more like one of those, just it, it, like, um, one of those things that you could just pretty much, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of one of those, uh, easily excused kind of moments. And you're just kind of like, ah, well, well maybe I'll get in, you know, I probably won't like this. I'm just going to do this because it's just there kind of a thing. Uh, 
Um, it actually was my mom that pushed me. She's like, you really should sign up for something that's like a stress relief, you know, and that, you know, if it doesn't really affect your schedule too much, I say you should go for it. She's always pushed me towards more of the, uh, more of encouraged me because she really didn't even, uh, push me at all into acting. That was kind of something I kind of discovered organically, but she always was very encouraging. Uh, my dad too. Uh, but my mom, when I was looking at the syllabus was saying, you know what, why not try a dance class? And I, at the time, you know, uh, young guy in, in college and you're, when you're in the sciences, it's, it's not really the, the hotbed of meeting ladies, you know, oh, <laughs> you yeah. the same, the same 50 people over and over again in the, in the, the, the dark labs uh, that are just filled with the uh, specimens. And Oddly really... enough, that's actually where I meet most of my dates, but that's a different story for a different podcast, and that's more R-rated than I'd like to lead on. To each their own. Thank you. Know, you. That's cool. You're welcome. But uh, I, was open, I wanted to open up a little bit and try to meet people that were outside of the sciences or outside of the labs, and that gave me a good, uh, a good outlet or good skill set, at least, to build from there. Very cool. So, and then what, um, and then, so it just ended up being something that you actually really, really enjoyed. And obviously you're still doing it to this day. The microbiology kind of took a back seat. Oh yeah. And then, so what led you down the path, that golden pathway into the world of acting? So that stemmed partially from when I, uh, after college, you know, it's, it's kind of like that normal period where you're, you're thinking, what am I doing with my life? You know, where, where, where are we going here? Um, and I got a job in, uh, the city of Tempe at mm -hmm. the time. And I worked at night in a blood testing laboratory. My, God. my hours were 6 PM to 4:30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that was weird. Um, definitely doesn't kind of messes with you a little bit working night shift for a long time. And I, in I the first month it's, Oh, this is just like college. This is really cool. And then it becomes not cool very quickly. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so I used to have control of the intercoms of the whole facility, the building where we worked, uh, because that was just my location, my department, and they gave us control to make the announcements for, uh, you know, if there was some kind of company holiday party or some kind of thing. But the thing is, these announcements are at 2 in the morning or 1 in the morning. Nobody's around. I mean, there's a few people in the building, but, again, it's not like there's, there's really anybody to corporate types to worry about. So when I would do the announcements, I, you know, would just go off and I'd start to speak in different types of accents and say, oh, it's Jesus' birthday, God bless her. We have cupcakes in the break room. And then just, you know, just make various foreign sounds or accents, <laughs> things like that. And people appreciated it. And I had a coworker at the time say, hey, did you ever think about doing acting? And at the time, I, I, I was, I, no, it was never on my radar. I was not... You know, a lot of people think when you're an actor, like, oh, were you always into acting? Did you do plays? And no, it was, a lot of people have the stereotype of the actor that got into it as a child and, and was some, someone who was like, uh, oh, you're not, Mama and Papa raised me to be on the stage. I'm mm -hmm. a star. No, <laughs> Corey Feldman. It was, it was, Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, but it was, it was just kind of one of the things you fell into, and I just started looking up local casting calls, and I got my first job shortly after that uh, as an extra. Um, and even as an extra, I realized that it was just fun to come together with a bunch of people that I didn't know, and you leave the set as a group of friends, and, and you created something. So that's kind of, that I think that appeals to my ego a little bit, that you're kind of on this journey to create something that survives you. Mm -hmm. We're going to get deep on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, please do. Yeah. Just don't get philosophical deep, okay? Because I've only had like one cup of coffee as opposed to the usual <laughs> six. So, 
If you're going to go full bore freaking like Stephen Hawking, then no, don't do that. I, I will do my best to, to rein it in. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. No, you can you can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm just giving you a hard time. But that sounds like you've like like you you fell into a couple of things that you were kind of like not really sure of. Now, did any like and then both which both of which people kind of like pushed you into. They kind of just kind of gave you that little nudge and said, "Hey, you know what? You should probably look into this." Yeah, I mean, I I'm a big um I think I'm a big uh signs person or like thinking hey you know things happen for uh the, i'm on the right pathway and i think that sometimes you're given a little bit of a message in some way that hey there's a shiny thing on the ground go check that out um and so you never know where that'll lead you in terms of just being open to some kind of other opportunity whether it's at the suggestion of someone else or if it's an inkling you have um if it feels right and it feels like you could see yourself doing it and you're comfortable then mm-hmm. check it out that's, that's kind of how i've lived my life i mean that sounds pretty interesting i don't I, I mean i don't know i'm still in the phase of trying to figure out what i'm doing with my life so <sighs> you got your podcast i mean i'm telling you uh that's something yeah i mean you know what it is it's a mild little footprint and and my sponsors are very happy you know what i don't have sponsors you know what don't, don't worry about it yet yet no, like yeah we'll say yet We'll say yet, because I'm sure after this, I, I mean, I'm going to get a phone call from like Hershey's, and they're going to be like, you know what? You have love handles. You probably have eaten our products. <laughs> and then all they have to do is basically like, you have a six month supply of what call it's waiting for you, and I'll be like, okay, sold. I will, I will, I will be your peddler. I will be your whore. I will do this. Yes. Yeah. So. It, you know what that, and, and you already have the mentality. You know, uh, as an actor, I feel the same. You know, if, if I, I'm. I'm a whore. If if you want me to advertise your pharmaceutical that you know is got all these weird side effects, but I get to be the happy family running around in a field that's totally unrelated to the symptoms. Yeah. Okay. Have you okay? Now now that brings me to <laughs> that that stems off. Now have you been in one of those? Um. No, I haven't been in a pharmaceutical because they're actually highly coveted. Uh, are, they are freaking yeah. highly coveted. I mean, like I tell you, it's my dream to be in an erectile dysfunction ad. I swear to God, that's like my thing. That's it. Like if I can just make it to that, I'll be like done, done. Cash the check. I'm done. The world now knows a terrible secret that's not even true, but I don't care. I was in an advertisement for erectile you got dysfunction. Your payday. Yeah, yeah, got the payday. Now, like, yeah, because I was, I was going to ask you, because if you had actually gotten into it, I was going to ask you, my God, dude, what did you have to do? How many people no. did you have to, like, ambush? Because I know that it's, like, a coveted, it's, like, horribly coveted out here. I, I, will, I will give you a story here on one of the most awkward auditions I ever had to do. This is a Maynard Files exclusive. Oh, thank God. Uh, Finally, never... something better than listening to myself. <laughs> I, had to, I had to do an audition for a uh, web series. I don't know if I should say the name or not, but it, it's kind don't of like... Don't say the uh, name. Yeah, They'll come after me, I swear to God, it. they will. So it was, it was, it's pretty lame, um, and it was very saucy, and um, I was to play... It surrounded strippers, but I was to play this one woman's uh, therapist, right? Mm-hmm. And I, they gave me, like, three lines of dialogue, and... It was like culminating in him basically kind of taking advantage of her. Like the camera zooms in and he's unbuckling his belt as he moves to the. And I was like, "Wow, this is very dark." Ew. Okay, but yeah, during a, like he he like breaks her down psychologically after again. I'm trying to 
three to four pages of dialogue were, were, were in this. And I was like, all right, well, this is a very dark character. I, you know, I want to play a villain. I don't know about this villain, but all right, this is interesting. We'll expand the range a bit. Mm-hmm. And when I did the audition, it was the most awkward because at the time, <laughs> I had my mom film self-tape it. They wanted to self-tape. So Ooh. I had my mom reading off camera holding the iPad. And uh, I had to do this, like, back-and-forth dialogue of, like, this guy, like, building up this uh, trauma for this young woman in the, in the therapist chair. While all the like, same oh, time you're creating a new kind of trauma for yourself. Right, right. Okay. But I'm also trying to be artistic and, like, coach my mom on how to hold the camera. <laughs> and, like, no, ma, you got you to gotta zone in on my belt buckle right here. And really kind of just... <laughs> oh, God. I'm walking up to the iPad. It's got to go right to it, right to the groin area to really sell it to the to the to the casting. <laughs> Three pages of dialogue, four pages of descriptors on how the zipper comes down. I love it. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I got the role. So here's the thing: I got the role offered to me, and they offered me. Um, yeah, I'll say the I'll say the actual dollar amount. It was it was like you know seventy five. I was like, "What? Wait, what? Mm. Wait, for that?" Now, meanwhile, my friend had also had gone for a role as like a side character slash DJ in like two episodes of this web series, right? Uh huh. And and we they didn't know that we actually worked together uh, in a day job together at the time. Okay. And uh, he was also an actor. And they offered him one hundred and fifty dollars to press press play as the DJ. He has no lines, nothing. Um. And that was the weirdest. That I mean, sounds. I had to back out. Well, but, yeah, that sounds pretty awful because, like, you're sitting there. You actually have some kind of a presence. Right. I I don't know if they ran out of money or did your friend kind of late. What What if he threatened him? Did you find that out? I didn't. I asked. Well, no, I asked him because, uh, like, did you? How, what, how did you arrange that? And they're like, oh no, that was offered. That was uh, that was the rate they offered me right off the bat. I just sent him my. He, he sent in a headshot. He didn't have to send any audition. He's like, I oh, a headshot. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can come in for the day and press play, and you're the DJ character. And, and, and uh, oh, but you, Mr. Therapist? Yeah, you're going to have to work for that money. And I, uh, so I, I politely declined uh, after attempting to negotiate a little bit and knew they weren't really going to budge as much as I'd like. So I, uh, well, I think I that was, but somewhere. Yeah, I think that was definitely, choice. that was definitely the best choice for you in that situation, <laughs> I think. That's a, that's a really, that's a story though, man. That's gut wrenching to have your own mother filming that stuff. I mean, God, I mean, I've done, I've done some pretty horrible things in my life, but I don't think I could even come around that stuff. Like I, I that would just make me so uncomfortable. I just made my skin crawl. Like it's out of the room now and I have to probably go get it later. Hey, we do what we have to do for the art. Oh <laughs> man. You know what? That's true. And Cinemax probably wouldn't be a thing if that wasn't the case. So you're right. Okay. I believe you. I'm with you on that one. Plus, I mean, how do we, how do we, you know, how do we excuse Gary Busey from this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, my God. So, so now, at this, at this point, um, and this sounds like it was fairly early in your career. Yeah. Okay, so, so how long have you been doing the acting, the acting jamage that you're doing? So, I've been doing it for about uh, a little over five years. Oh, nice! Like, just just shy of five years, actually. Like around that exact—I can't remember exact exact moment, but let's just call it five years. We will. And I like to and, simplify things. And it's been um, it's been fun. Um, you know, it's just been a real 
adventure so far. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things when you do it, you understand that you know, the mantra of it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know, because a lot of times you just make friends and things just snowball. The one career, it's one of the only careers where you can just say, I am this. And that's it. And you just go. You don't have to set up an LLC. You don't have to get experience in Python or whatever computer programming language. You mm-hmm. just go. You just say, I'm an actor. And then all your success or failure depends upon you and what you're doing. Exactly. That, that, that fury, that push that you have. Which is so nice. It's so refreshing because, like, I've been nudged just like you have. Only I, I it's like I'm kind of like... I subconsciously, I think, I, I kind of uh, de- decide which advice I'm going to take and which I'm just going to kind of leave to the wayside. Like, yeah. I kind of don't take it all. You know, people will be like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to be selective here. I like this one. This one I don't like. This one, if we worded it differently, I might take that advice. But for the most part, I just kind of, whatever. But it is it is definitely, a, it's, it's nice, though, when you have people, I'm sure you can relate where you have people that are very, very, um, supportive of your craft and they, they definitely push you because they see something in you that not always that you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it doesn't sound like you've, I mean, if you've been going, going and doing this for five years, it sounds like you're pretty committed to it, which is awesome. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I feel that it is something, you know, every job I've ever done, like day jobs and stuff like that are mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, have always have propelled me or allowed me a great degree of flexibility to keep, you know, going. Um, and that, that's important. You know, you don't have to necessarily say, well, I, uh, I'm going to starve myself and do the starving artist thing. No, it's, you know, you, you taking a, a soul crushing office job, as long as you don't get yourself trapped, it can actually be a very valuable experience because then it actually adds to your life experience, uh, in the short term at least, uh, of what you could draw upon for playing roles later on. You need a little bit of life experience. Well, yeah, also, and it helps you to balance because your schedule is going to be super tight. And then once you start doing more projects on the side, you're kind of, it almost feels like you're taking the fast track back to high school when. You'd have to cram in a bunch of studying, but still want that time to go on a date and then go to the video store and then order a pizza and then sit there and munch it and then get up in the morning and go right back to school with like three hours of sleep if you're lucky. That's very true. And it's funny you mentioned a video store. Why? Uh, Because the the next film that I'll actually be in, uh, we're working on right now, is the first film I actually get to be an executive producer on. It it surrounds the story of a video store. And I don't know if uh, my good friend also that you uh, interviewed, Becky Jo Harris, let in on that. Oh, the Uh, name drop gets dropped. Yes, she has let me in on this little project. She has also shown me some screenshots, and I've also watched anything that comes out on it because that was something that spoke to me because that is the era that I'm from. My first job was a video store, and I've always kind of like, yeah, when VHS was still a thing, my God. And then people wonder why I'm so, like, analog all the time about everything. It's not that I don't appreciate and like the new technology. I love the new technology. But I'm like, but there's an appreciation, like, to look back and be like, this is what it was all about. But she, but good old Becky Jo, oh, my gosh, she's a joy. Um, She's actually going to be my first recycled guest, as it's been, so... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, she's she's definitely a good one to be recycled, and we're gonna. It's basically gonna be my first three person interview, so we're gonna see what that 
what that uh, what that shit show turns into. It'll be perfect, though, I'm sure. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, no, and and she was actually one of my first. Uh, the, she was actually the first person I ever met in the acting community. Ever. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, or, or one of them, yeah. Like at least the first audition I ever did, she was like handling uh, the sign-ins when she was also kind of just starting out, yeah, a little more experienced than me. Um, but no, we worked together on multiple projects. We have no scenes together. And just to clarify for the audience, the, the movie that we're working on is called Late Fees, surrounding a uh, video store set in the mid to late 90s. And it's a failing video store. So the two employees who work there decide to become quasi-hitmen to collect the late fees to save the store. So clearly a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of gotten a life of its own. I jumped into that project um, and if you want, there's the YouTube video. It's like the proof of concept film is actually for free on YouTube. So you can actually see where it all stemmed from. Uh, it's not currently out on YouTube. But now the main feature film is just kind of been this rolling evolution that we've been filming uh, through this entire time, through 2019 and into 2020. Um, but it, we've, there have been additional scenes. There's uh, all these other types of uh, rewrites that have occurred. But... I think you, especially Josh, will really, really, really like it. Oh, I, I have a feeling I will if I if I can gather anything from what you and both both you and Becky Joe have told me. Yeah, I think that's going to be something I can definitely get behind. Absolutely, you can you can guarantee that I will be I will be lobbying for you guys to make some T-shirts for the for the movie. <laughs> so don't even start with me. I'm all about merchandise. I'm a sucker. Oh yeah. I- I love merch. Yeah, it's good stuff. But, no, and then, like you said, you you met her early on, and I mean, it's hard to not instantly be like Becky Joe is awesome. And once you meet her, you're like, I can't wait to work with you. And I actually got the honor of working with her in my second, I believe it was my second <laughs> short film that was actually a short film that I did, and I got to work with her, and it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, she she definitely she definitely has a presence in the community, which is great. Sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, now the the cool thing is is like, well, the cool thing. God, Josh, hey, do you want to maybe work today? I don't know. I don't know. That was me having a conversation with the last brain cell I've got functioning. In case anybody was out there wondering what that was about. Um, so, like, what kind of hiccups or, or did, did you guys hit a lot of like uh, hurdles and stuff like that with this whole pandemic thing going on with late fees? Oh, yeah. So so we were doing, you know, we were going pretty steady through the end. Uh, so, I, so just to clarify, my role was uh, is Randy, the Irish bar owner. So, again, I get to deploy the accent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he owns the bar that my, uh, that the two protagonists, you can't Actually, pretend. Hold on, William, let me stop you right there. Actually, while you're describing all of this to me, I'm going to have to ask that you just do it in the Irish accent so I can take in the full measure of what it is that you're all All right, about. I'll, do it for, I'll do it for you in character. Oh, so thank you so I much. I have two people that come into the two antagonists that come into the bar. Now, the key word there, Josh, is bar. Um, that was actually the hardest part to, to deal with during the pandemic. So we filmed my part in December of 2018, mm. and then we had to do a reshoot in uh, 20, excuse me, not 2018, 2019, and then we had to do a reshoot in 2020. But by then, in March, the bar had to be uh, closed, and we had to, to work around how to get access to the bar again. But eventually, we actually had to wait six months till we could do my scene again in June of uh, 2020, and um, it came off really well. 
And so I was able to get into character for the second time. We did the whole sequence of events, but we had much better lighting, much better sound and audio equipment. And we had a lot more, um, a, lo- a lot better of a type of uh, uh, blocking and all those other types of things were handled really well. So it was a success. But the film itself has had become like a living thing, living thing, if you would. And my character makes many different appearances inside the film. Um, and I never have a scene with Becky, unfortunately. But I do have a lot of scene, screen time on on the actual set itself. Uh, but there was a lot of problems in terms of, of, of what could go wrong. But in, in indie filmmaking, indie filmmaking, it's all about the enjoying the experience, right? It, it's, it's, you know, are we going to use real beer when the characters are drinking beer? We did. Are, oh, we, going to, uh, how, are we going to improvise uh, when the lights fail, which they, they could have? But in reality, everything actually comes out better for the experience that you get when you see it on camera. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, my God. I appreciate so much that you just did all of that for me. You actually sounded like my ex's dad, so that was pretty interesting. I liked that. I appreciate that. But at the same time, it also brought back memories, and I'm kind of having panic attacks. No, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That, I'm I'm cool just being typecast if that's the one person. The, the, the thing is, half my I don't look super Irish. Um, my my father's family though is from Ireland, so I have a lot of family there, and I kind of grew up with the accent. And then my mom, I look more like my mother. She's Italian, so I oh I have right on. Her yeah, um, and so um, it's more funny because I, I just feel like it's it's one of those things where. Uh, it's funny to do the accent to them because I'm mm-hmm. sure they appreciate it when I'm mimicking them when I've gone to Ireland. I'm just like, this is how you sound. And I love I, me Lucky I, Charms. They're magically delicious. <laughs> I did do Lucky Charms references too, yeah. And uh, it, they kind of like, they took a moment to pause. I'm like, what do you think? And my cousin Eamon looks at me like, well, it's not so much people wouldn't think you're from Ireland. They would believe you're from Ireland. But after you left the room, They'd be asking themselves, what fucking part of Ireland is he from? (laughs) (laughs) Right? There are so many different kinds. Because, like, when I would go out there, you would have, like, all the different, like, towns, and everybody had a different, like, dialect. Right. And it was just like, holy crap. Like, there was... I went to a wedding when I went out there one time, and... I sat next to somebody who was from, oh my gosh, where it was, I, th- I think it was County Cork, and couldn't understand oh, a yeah. word the dude said. He's like, I, I kid you not, he's like saying stuff to me, and I'm like, are you, are you talking to me, or are you having a stroke? I don't know what you're doing, dude. Because he's like, oh, I can, ladies and gentlemen, I can endorse what he's saying, because they, they definitely, like, they lower their voice, oh, yeah. and they, I, 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 a lot of their news stations come out of Cork, so when they're on the news... Yeah. You only pick up a few. It's almost like listening to Ozzy Osbourne, where you only pick up key words when he's talking. I was uh, Sharon. I was was, uh, Bark at the Moon. You know, that's all you you pick up little things, and that's it. That's all you you get from him. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. So so now this this will lead us into my next my next uh, rapid fire question situation that we got going on here but like so obviously you you enjoy doing different voices and i'm sure that that led you into doing voice work what kind of voice work have you done so i started you know it's funny because there's a clear division right so in the acting world a lot of there's modeling acting and then i think voice acting and right and so i i'm and then adult films don't leave that one out yeah uh, yeah wait no i didn't say that that didn't come out go ahead In terms of normal acting, modeling, acting on camera or print, and then um, 
be a voice. And I think because I'm someone that likes to do all of it, um, it's just all it's all fun to me. But there are there's divisions in the community, and not just here, but also in Los Angeles. A lot of models love to just model, and they don't want to they don't want to deal with acting because it's just too hard. They like to just show up and get the pictures done. A lot of actors don't want to do modeling or they want they don't want to approach voiceover because it's too they don't get to use their hands on camera and show their facial expressions blah, blah, blah. for me though i think that you know it's all it's all part of acting it's all part of expressing yourself it's all about creating so i love to when i realized i could i wanted to break into voice as well and i think it's part of being multidimensional. like especially during the pandemic time i would highly encourage people to look at at home recording options because those actors that continue to keep working, well, they have the infrastructure and they knew what to do and they are voiceover actors. Mm-hmm. They, they record at home or they record um, on their own if, they, if, they, if they're able to, if they're getting jobs. And even in this pandemic time or this lockdown time, I've been able to still go to auditions uh, here and there and, and, and keep going. Everything slowed down, right? But what has slowed down less has been voiceover projects. Um, just because, again, that infrastructure exists to keep it uh, alive. When I got started and how I got started, I started small. I started with audiobooks. So I, it's the easiest thing to get into because a lot of times you're just near it. And it's also tedious. I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of glamorous sounding things you do in acting, but a lot of it's not very glamorous. But you do it because you love it. Like retakes? But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I... I have to edit out breath, breathing and breath or stumbling over words and you're kind of going on tangents when you're reading. And so I started off small. I used a platform called ACX, ACX.com, the Audiobook Creation Exchange. It's owned by Audible, which is owned by Amazon. Mm-hmm. So basically it's a large cast call for authors who want to get a book out there and you as the producer can slash narrator can negotiate if you want to have a royalty or if you want to get paid up front and this is how i slowly started building credentials and they don't have to be you know war and peace they could be a one hour or 60 page audio guide on how to play chess which incidentally was the first audiobook i ever that narrated. is awesome what about picture well, books can you do picture books you can. There, uh, there. I mean, I don't know how it translates, but I have seen auditions for. I didn't like, want you to books. actually. I didn't want you to have an answer to that. I was being an ass, and I know, you, you had an answer. I don't like that. Dang it. <laughs> um, probably the most awkward one for me was uh, I. The second book I ever narrated was an audio book travel guide to Rajasthan, India. Mm. Um, I I was just excited to do a travel foreign guide, and I vastly underestimated how many Hindi words that I would have to learn to pronounce. Mm. Um, but I did it, and it's out there. So that is awesome. You know, though. yeah, there's just different you know multifaceted things you can you can do. And so what I did was I, I after a few books, I kind of bundled that up, and I started sending that out to my agent or various casting websites um, to see if they can get on there to maybe get more work with maybe uh, commercials or small skits and things like that that needed a voice. Right. That's incredible. That's awesome. That sounds great because that's, and now did you, did you branch off from doing the audiobooks into doing like voice work for like any kind of film or animation? Yeah. So I, I did. So I've um, done some PSAs. I've gone into short commercials. Uh, I was, 
uh, I was been an U.S. Army recruiting ad <laughs> uh, for. Uh, it was interesting. I got hired to do a U.S. Army marketing and engagement brigade recruitment video. So recruiting you to become a recruiter. Oh, um, that yeah sounds redundant. That sounds about right. That's on. That's on brand for America. Go on. And then the uh, the the thing is, we did. Uh, I've done like random gigs too, where I've been hired by uh, St. John's University in like upstate New York to do a promo for their Valentine's Day stuff. So it's again, that that's what's cool about voice acting is your your reach is so much greater, and it's across the country and possibly across the world if you're doing corporate videos and stuff for trainings that might be in like Dubai. Um, people hear you, and you're hired. And you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go to California. You don't have to go to uh, you know Miami to be the voice of some dermatologist in Miami. You know, you can right. just send your stuff out there. That's amazing. That's all. That's I mean, that sounds like a like a like in five years. It sounds like you've been basically just you you started out just multifaceted, which is nice. Yeah, and that definitely looks good on paper and on computer screen. I said that definitely looks good on paper and on computer screen. Oh, so, yeah. When you yeah, have such, so. when you have those kinds of credentials, what was the hardest? What was the hardest voice thing that you had to do? Have you ever been asked, "Can you impersonate this? Can you can you do these impressions? Can you do this kind of stuff?" Yeah. So I did a body. It's probably one of my proudest ones too. For audio, it was an audio book because I think audio books are like marathons, right? So you're gonna. Right. I can do squeaky voice or deep voice, and it's for a thirty second commercial, not a big deal. But I narrated a book called Visitors from the Void, okay. and uh, it was the same author that did a. I can't remember the name. Like he he did he wrote a Behold a Pale Horse. It was like a oh. kind of a conspiracy book. Um, can't remember the name, but it would. Now, of course, I'm gonna like now kick myself as soon as I remember what it is. It's fine. We'll but, put it in the uh, liner notes someday whenever this gets released on CD. You need it to Jamie. You need like a like a Jamie Junior. Maybe. <laughs> I'll look into it. But um, either way, the uh, the book. Oh no, William Cooper. That's who it is. So William Cooper wrote a book. It was a big. Uh, it was a big, interesting book called "Kind of a Sensation." Behold a pale horse. So. He had an editor that was still able to get a hold of some of his old, his old papers and then did a compilation book called Visitors from the Void about UFO incidents, etc. So I made the creative decision as the producer to um, not only narrate in my normal narration style, because it is kind of like, um, what's the right word, nonfiction, um, mm -hmm. And so you don't have to you don't have to like stress into characters as much, but each article was written by a different person. So as of like I think it was like thirteen articles that compiled this you know kind of lengthy book, I did thirteen different types of intonations, voices. There was a Scottish uh, scientist who wrote about something, so I did it in his voice. And then there was a Egyptian guy who gave an interview in, at NASA, one of the lead scientists. So I'm like I'm going to do the I'm going to do an Arab accent, and so. Um, it's just me just really kind of going back and forth with trying to do these different accents, and I hope it translated well. Some people tended to like it. That is incredible. That sounds great, <laughs> though. I mean, like, yeah, because you, you, you basically had to break into all these different characters and, right. and dialects, and that's accents. I'm sorry, not dialects, but accents, and that's, that's, uh, that's not an easy thing to do, to jump in and out of. Have you ever been asked to impersonate, like, a celebrity? No, I've never gotten uh, the celebrity, and I don't know if I would feel insulted or not. Then I'm like, well, hey, 
come on, I'm trying to be my own here. Oh my god. <laughs> There's the ego, right? That's but, a little uh, bit. It's okay yeah, to have an ego. Ego is, you know, and then you could always pretend that you were saying eagle, and nobody's gonna say anything, right? No. True. Is that just me? True. That's how I get away with it. I'm like the ego has landed, and they're like, "What? Nothing." <laughs> So, that's crazy. No, so, like, if I were to ask you, like, right now, I'd be like, yo, William, do do me a solid. Give me a Sean Connery, please. In honor of Sean Connery. Do you think you could probably do that? I would do it really badly, but I could do, like, everything. It, well, yeah, you definitely just have to pretend that you're a Welsh dude that's kind of Scottish, that's kind of drunk. And then that's probably, that's Sean Connery. To a T. You don't have to do it. There's no pressure. I'm not saying... Oh, I'm not, you, yeah, wanted me to, can, you wanted me to keep going. All right. So I'll give you... Like, I don't really know the... Let me think. Um, uh, I, Sean Connery really sounds like he's digesting a, a large uh, yeah. a large amount of food in his mouth, and he's really trying to throw it in the yes. back of his throat. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I'm not the bad. I'm digging that. I like that. Not bad. Was that the first time you've tried doing it? Yeah, it is the first time I ever did a Sean Connery. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, another Maynard Files exclusive. I got a creepy story and a first attempt at Sean Connery by a voice actor. <laughs> a, I, I, I kind of wanted to do a voice off with you, but now I'm kind of like, no, I don't. It's, like, it's awesome, though, to, to sit here and hear everything about um, like just the, the journey that you've had starting in like what you've started in. Because it's always interesting to me to listen to... Anybody in any field, like acting, or they start their own business, or they're they're they, you know they they they're in a very 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 good uh, professional position. You know, it's just interesting to hear the journey because it's it always seems to be like there's there's only been a select few that I've interviewed that have actually said no. This is what I've always known I was going to do. You know, I love how there's always like a point. It's like a catalyst that kind of like enhances and then enhances like their view on what what is good and what's not that they want to do and then it kind of it kind of uh, propels them into a different direction and i think that's the part i find the most interesting when i interview people in any it doesn't doesn't matter what kind of profession they're in um, yeah i agree i totally agree life takes different turns and so if you live one way it's very linear and that's cool you know some people just know right away but I think it's kind of fun when you've had a kind of more rounded experience and put your toe in different uh, different pools there and were able to, to just experience a lot, well, yeah. a lot more. And I mean, because you started in something completely unrelated. So it's just, it's right. like, that's even more interesting. It's like, I no, it's like, because it wasn't like, eh, you know, I kind of played around a little bit when I was younger. No, it was like, no, I was doing this. I was slinging, I was slinging body fluids. And then I was like, oh, you know what sounds good? I'm going to try salsa dancing. And then it was like, boom. And it just kind of like yeah. opened this whole doorway. And exactly. that and to me is super interesting. No, I'm glad. So, so what is, what's in the future for you? I mean, aside from you guys are going to be finishing up production on late fees, but what, what else is on the horizon for you in lieu of, you know, uh, hopefully we, we get a little bit further through this pandemic, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm just kind of seeing how things uh, turn. Um, we're just finished. I'm kind of focused right now, finishing up uh, late fees and kind of have a much more active hand in that with the whole producer type uh, credit mm -hmm. that I have. But once that's done, I think that um, I have a lot of friends who are collaborating and making uh, content of their own or they're writing really, really good scripts. And it's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, you know, January 2021, we can really hit the ground running and start 
filming some of these. I mean, it, it's been interesting because this whole it's been everything's perspective. So in 2020, a lot of people uh, were able or fortunate enough to kind of turtle down, get things done, get some creative stuff going, uh, and get camera equipment or, or, or get uh, various accoutrements for um, casual French. Uh, for <laughs> it's okay. Acting. <laughs> but um, I think in 20, everything feels like it's gearing up towards a much more productive 2021. Because, you know, this, everybody had goals, right? They were totally kind of thrown out the window. Oh, yeah. For me, it was I wanted to join the union this year. I thought this was going to be okay. I'm going to be working. I got my agent, blah, 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 and we're going to do something where I can maybe join and join SAG. But it took a wildly different turn. But yeah. That's okay. And now we're, we're uh, working to looking to collaborate with a lot more people who have their own ideas for stuff they want to film and, and create a lot more content. Yeah. But it's nice. It's nice that all of us keep a positive mental outlook because if we don't, we will fall into a cesspool of negative emotions and perhaps even cause a purple slime to grow under the very city that we live upon and then gets out of control and we got to call all the freaking Ghostbusters back together to come right. up for one last and hurrah. Then, and then in the year 2122 in the dystopian crazy universe that we've entered, uh, a young child balls into a basement and when he's trying to get out a box opens up with some old cassette tapes and they're labeled Maynard files oh yeah and I see this happening <laughs> and suddenly we have all these voices from the past that come back to life my god it's like you're writing this as you go along oof I see oh yeah well also the aesthetic helps the whole like I love the the 80s aesthetic of the that's at least how it came comes to me like the and opening music feels like I'm writing Falcor into <laughs> Into the, uh, into the podcast. And I, I mean, it, that's what I was going for. I'm like, <laughs> if you're not riding a luck dragon around town, then what business do you have being on my show, sir? <laughs> but no, I'm glad but because yeah. a lot of people, well, it's funny is most of the people I end up interviewing are way younger than I am. So they don't really even get most of the pop culture references I throw at them. And then when, when they do, I'm like, wow, that's weird. And that means your parents actually, you know, helped you. They parented right. you. So uh, they they introduced you, you to things I'm that were, you know. <laughs> I'm just What did you say? I said I'm still way younger than you, so that, you know, that works. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not hard I'm to do. Kidding. It's not hard to do right now, trust me. I just had to come with the, come to the thrilling, gripping truth of it all that, um, you know, just, I just hit 40 this year, so this is it. This is the, the last hurrah. Oh. Okay, then I, I am way younger than you. But it's yeah, okay. thank you. It's thank you for right. yeah, thank you for adding that. God, uh, you know what? That's getting edited out too. Good, good job. Fantastic, William. Appreciate uh, it. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's about that time because I just ran out of cassette because that's how this show works. But uh, I want to give a humongous thank you for coming out. All I mean, from calling all the way from Switzerland, which is amazing. Oh so, yeah, I'm with all your guests. This is actually like a. I mean, I, I, you know what's gonna be funny is you're gonna have a huge uptick. Of due to the algorithm on like iTunes, and there's going to be a large amount of Swiss people that are like, where are the guests? Why I actually, I do. I, yeah, I do actually have some Swiss Switzerland Swissies Swissy people. I, is that is that offensive? I don't even know. You know, it's 2020. If you're offended by anything right now, I guess you're doing it right. So no, don't be offended by that. But I've had I have people from Switzerland listening, Poland. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I keep going back to look at all of my demographics, and I'm just like, this is insane. Like, how is this even possible? But I love it, because it, it gives me hope that, you know, I'm able to transcend normal 
boundaries and borders and I can be heard all over the world. My voice can just travel. There you go. Yeah. Point proven. Oh, yeah. That, that was all I was going to do. That was it. And that's all I had. That was perfect. Good. I'm glad. So uh, I would like to give you an opportunity, though, to go ahead and plug yourself, not in a weird way, but in a way that you can let everybody know where Too they late. can find you. That's weird. <laughs> that did get weird. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Sir underscore William 1075. Uh, that's uh, on Instagram. Uh, Wait, have IMDb. you actually, have you been knighted? Uh, Don't lie to not me. Not yet. Mm, not okay. yet. We got some stuff in the works, okay. but not yet. Okay. Um, and uh, you can find me on there, Facebook, or um, preferably Instagram, because that's where I post most of my stuff. And then, of course, IMDb, if you ever want to see anything that I've done, uh, currently out, uh, movies, etc. Oh, and of course, uh, Audible, if you are interested in hearing this voice while you're working out or wherever, driving your car, and you have some interest in weird topics uh audible search william kenny and you'll find all my titles there that sounds pretty uh pretty rad to me yeah I i'm on board with that yeah and i definitely will be checking out some of your audible because now i think uh i think i need to because i don't find the time to read anymore so yes i will listen to your your nice relaxing manly voice as i'm working out which i don't work out so lucky you <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Mr. William, it has been a pleasure. I would like to thank you again for coming out or uh, coming out from calling all the way from Switzerland just to be on this show. It makes me very happy to hear that. And uh, to everyone out there supporting the Maynard Files, I would like to give you a big old thank you and big old wet, sloppy kiss right on your forehead. But I won't because we're in a pandemic and, you know, whatever. Nobody likes that kind of stuff. But uh, thank you again for listening to The Maynard Files. I am your host, Josh, with my very cool guest, Mr. Or, I'm sorry, Sir. Sir William Kenny. There we go. All right, and whatever it is you're doing out there, people, make sure that you're doing it right. Adios.